Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Special episode. Chris and I are splitting a fantasy football team. It's a keeper league that Chris has been a part of for some time, uh, and I'm joining it this year. So uh, we're gonna live stream the draft here, and, and hopefully uh, it'll be interesting content for you guys, and you can kind of listen to it and kind of hear our thought process about which players we want to take. So this is a keeper league. You have to keep someone. Chris obviously had the team last year, and he determined that we're gonna keep Dalvin Cook. Obviously, right now uh, there is some issues in terms of contract disputes with him but it is a guy that we feel comfortable with and again you're listening to uh, believe in betting la episode 54 a live fantasy football draft edition i'm your host sam maxwell and chris lured i'm joined by my co-host you can follow us both on twitter at s maxwell 713 uh, and lou mandingo rock so chris just give us a little bit of background about this fantasy league how many years have you been a part of it how many championships do you have uh, as we mentioned we have the fifth pick and we're keeping dalvin cook will be on the clock in just a moment yeah, so this is a league. It's a league that my brother's been in since he's been in college. My brother's six years older than me, and I got tapped to join the league probably seven years ago or so. Uh, and I've been a perennial playoff contender. I think my highest finish is second place, so I've never won the league. Uh, but outside of last year, Changes which has been an outlier, yep, um, I've been I've been a strong a strong contender. Last year was a bit of a debacle. Uh, that's how we ended up yeah, with, with keeping, is. keeping Delvin cook, but, um, right. this is a non P non PPR league, um, standard scoring. And we are on the clock with the fifth pick with Delvin. Cook so already basically there's an entire, it essentially starts in the second round because of, you know, there are 12 teams that are kept Delvin cook being ours. And so we're in a position right now where we have our, our RB one, even though I don't feel great about it because uh, he's in a contract dispute with the Vikings right now. Our options are Kenyon Drake. Both tight ends in Kittle and Kelsey are both there. Uh, and then you go all the way down to running backs like Austin Eckler. Um, I'm going to go ahead and I think we should take Kenyon Drake here. This is an offense that I think is going to explode. It could be the greatest show on turf. Kenyon Drake got traded midseason from the Dolphins to the Cardinals last year. And he was RB3 over the course of the last month of the season. There was a huge drop-off, I think, after Kenyon Drake. He's dealing with an injury right now. But I'm going to go ahead and take Kenyon Drake as our RB2. Do it. It's a good name, Kenyon Drake. It is an Alabama running back. And uh, full disclosure, I actually took him in the second round at my big money league last weekend as well. We drafted at a beautiful house in the Hollywood Hills. Um, and so I actually ended up with Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Drake. And here we end up with Alvin Cook and Kenyon Drake. And my thought process is my strategy this year, Chris, uh, is very similar to a lot of people, but believe it or not, some people disagree with the strategy. This year, it's very finite in the RBs on top there. Like I said, Kenyon Drake's really the last one of that tier I feel good about. I feel okay about both Austin Eckler and James Conner, but there's a huge drop-up, I think, after that. So you want to end up – you have to end up with at least one running back in the first two rounds. I'm targeting two because I really like the middle tier of wide receivers. Rounds three through seven, there are some tremendously talented players, and so you can – I think you could fill out your three starting wide receivers very, very easily in those middle rounds. Um, I do also like taking an early tight end in both Kittle and Kelsey, but given the value – where we were at, I think we had, I think we made the right decision by taking Drake over those other uh, other guys there. Yeah, and I just 
I know that there's kind of the Kittles, um, the top tight ends, right? Once you get past kind of the top three, it's it's, it's just such a massive, massive drop off. But it's just it's so hard, right, with the the second pick basically on your team to be a tight end. And I just think you know it's it's Kenyon Drake and Delvin Cook, right? It's not it's not the Priest Holmes of yore, right? But to look at <laughs> to look at your roster and and see that you have two very solid running backs when everybody else is going to be you know hoping that Leonard Fournette shows up for once in his life. Uh, I'm glad to not have to do that. And full disclosure, we are drafting Tuesday, September 1st, about six o'clock. So yesterday morning, we woke up to the news that Leonard Fournette was released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. It said shockwaves through the entire industry ripples throughout the entire draft. We're seeing Ryquel Armstead. Now the starting running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he's going about seven rounds earlier than he was this time. <laughs> yesterday, two days ago, I should say. And, it, and people are really unsure of what to do with a guy like Leonard Fournette. He could absolutely land in a place where he's just in just a good position. What if he goes to New England? What if he goes to his hometown of New Orleans, who Alvin Kamara right now apparently is holding out? Um, those would be great places for him to, to land. Tampa, I've heard, is a possibility. However, he could easily go to a place like Chicago, where there's a starting back that's just injured right now, or a, a, a number of places in which he will just be a part of a committee and he's going to lose all of his value. So a lot of people are, are unsure about what to do with a guy like Leonard Fournette. It's why you really have to pay attention when you're drafting right now. When you're drafting really early, you don't have to pay attention to that news, but you don't get the benefit of injuries. When you're drafting late, you have the benefit of knowing who's injured and, and various reports, um, but things change at a drop of hat so very quickly. Like, you know, today, if you're drafting, if we had a decision between Alvin Kamara and Dalvin Cook, we wouldn't really know what to do because both those guys are currently, you know, there's no more holdouts. The new CBA, the, the penalty is too severe per day. Of holding out. So you're, we're seeing Chris what's called holding in. These guys are showing up to training camp. They're practicing, but they're not out there. You're giving it their all. They want that new contract. We saw Joe Mixon successfully negotiate for once a day. He got a nice contract. And so, you know, all of a sudden, Joe Mixon, I think, is a top five guy, but just because there's so many question marks in that second and third tier of running backs, like we mentioned it. Dalvin Cook, we don't know what his contract situation is. Alvin Kamara, we don't know what his contract situation is. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. You know, first-round pick on the best offense in the NFL. Apparently, Pat Mahomes made it, so he, they had to draft him. Uh, but he's a rookie, and we don't really know what exactly what his floor is. Uh, you, you know, you have guys like Miles Sanders, who is, who's injured right now. You have a guy like Kenyon Drake, who's injured right now. So there's a lot of question marks, which is why it's just so important to try to, to try to limit it. Use those things as a tiebreaker is what I like to tell people. Because, you know, if you're drafting right now between a Dalvin Cook and a Joe Mixon, they were pretty close to me. I, I do like Dalvin Cook in, in a vacuum a lot more. Uh, but, you know, you're part of an explosive offense in Cincinnati, an ascending offense there versus, you know, a team like the Vikings that we don't really know. They lost Kevin Stefanski, their offensive coordinator, even though they have Gary Kubiak still there. There's just so many question marks this year, more than I can ever recall, which is why you have to value players that are, are – I, I like to play at risk averse early on and, and then take gambles later on in the draft. And this year, more than ever, you have to follow that script. Yeah. And I got news for you. Uh, anybody listening to this, if Leonard Fournette ends up on the Bears uh, – don't touch him, right? Matt Nagy is one of those. Co this is the most frustrating thing on the planet. After the game, so uh, coach, uh, you know, uh, Leonard started the game with uh, four carries for 50 yards. Uh, what happened there? Why'd you get away from him? Oh, uh, yeah, running game uh, got away from us. We just kind of lost it there. We need, we really need to run more. Uh, we got to get the running game going. You're the head coach, you dick. Like, you can decide if you want to run the ball. And that that is a a hallmark of Chicago bear offenses is to run the ball pretty well for a quarter and then stop doing it completely. And then have head coach act like somebody else is controlling uh, whether or not to run it. So <laughs> uh, I feel strongly. All right. Well, 
bear rant aside, hopefully that's the last one of this draft. I imagine there'll be at least a couple more. <laughs> um, Where do we get so the Mitch recap, Correct. So we are in the back half of the second round, which is essentially mirroring what would have been a third round uh, in normal drafts. We have our two starting uh, running backs in Kenny Drake and Dalvin Cook. Uh, this is a three-receiver league. There is also a flex, though. So if there's value here, we can definitely go running back. I do like having three uh, you know, upwards, uh, upward mobility running backs, but it's difficult. And this is why we added uh, Kenny and Drake, uh, because right now it looks like there is a dearth of running backs. Although I do think we should prioritize a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who we'll see if he makes it to us here. We have oh, three picks. Right now, there is some really nice receivers on the board. You've got, speaking of the Bears, uh, and there's a trash can, a trash truck to drive by, so you're in a loud engine. That's what it is. Manhattan Beach is finest. Uh, we've got a guy like Allen Robinson who had a great year last year in what was a dumpster fire of a season for the Chicago Bears offense. You've got Adam Thielen, who is the sole wide receiver top dog there now that Stephon Diggs is gone. I think this Vikings defense is going to be worse. Maybe Kirk Cousins throws the ball a little more this year. And then you've got a high upside guy in, in, in Odell who was injured last year. He was dealing with all, I think it was a sports hernia injury. I've gotten a hernia uh, surgery myself. It's not easy to come back with uh, before you have breakout guys like uh, D- uh, DJ Moore and AJ Brown at receiver. So there's a lot going on here. We're up in two picks here, Chris. What are your thoughts on the, on the current crop of players that are available? Yeah, the wide receivers all feel the same to me. Um, nobody is, is completely blowing my, my hair back. Uh, you know, I'm looking at like the next 15 guys, AJ Brown, DJ Moore, Odell Beckham, who killed me last year, Cooper cup. It's like, it all feels like the same, the same wide receiver. So, you know, it's going to be lean on wide receiver, but I'd almost rather as you're building the team, be like, screw it. Like, uh, so be it. Like, can I have three, if Jonathan Taylor ends up being the guy that you think he's going to be, you know, the team you've got three top 15 running backs um i'm not sure you have much to worry about so i tend to lean on stacking the running backs but you are definitely the expert in the space all right well i'm uh, having connection issues yeah fans i can still see it so i can still talk and hopefully chris can be uh the hand that, that takes the pick you can control the mouse but i'm leaning towards taking jonathan taylor here here's why <clears throat> number one we have two starting running backs we won't have to rely upon jonathan taylor in the beginning of the season where he may struggle Jonathan Taylor landed on the Indianapolis Colts. They traded up to get him in the early second round. They love this kid. He was a guy that from day one at Wisconsin was an impact player. What about Marlon Mack? Of course, Marlon Mack's a fine back, and he was good last each of the last two seasons. I was very surprised to see the Colts prioritize a running back, but he's an impending free agent, and the Colts, I think, are ready to move on and give the rock to a guy like Jonathan Taylor. Now, you think about upside. This is when we start targeting upside. Jonathan Taylor is a guy that legitimately – could be a top three pick in fantasy football next season. He has that kind of upside. It would not surprise me for a second if he's a guy that ends up with 20, uh, excuse me, 1,200, 1,300, 1,400 rushing yards and, and 10 plus touchdowns. He's not going to be used as a receiver that much. However, with a guy like Philip Rivers, uh, there is, there's an opportunity for him to catch some balls there. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and suggest we take Jonathan Taylor here. There's a lot of depth of receiver. I think the next four rounds we can get three or four very good receivers as well. So go ahead and take him, Chris. Jonathan Taylor as our flex or our RB3. Yeah, we got Jonathan Taylor, and I'm I'm in agreement with you. I just, as I said, I'm looking at the next 20 wide receivers, and they all look like the same guy. Whereas at running back, I can definitely convince myself of a guy like Jonathan Taylor, uh, who seems to always play hard and always play with a chip on his shoulder um, as as being a flex. I feel really great about that. Whereas if I'm taking, you don't want to chase, right? You don't want to be at the back end of any runs, and and all these wide receivers are more or less the same guy. So don't don't pay for it. There's a top depth of receiver, and 
not only that, Chris, but you know, you mentioned at the top, this is a standard league. Okay, so uh, a lot of these receivers, a lot of these uh, PPR backs, they lose value. In a standard league, you need to prioritize these running backs. You need to prioritize these potential bell cow running backs because if you have them, they're like gold. There's usually only about nine to twelve of these guys. Uh, I feel good about us having at least two uh, and maybe even three. Jonathan Taylor's a guy I think that could really, after week one, if they play Jacksonville, one of the worst teams in the NFL. I could totally see him exploding and breaking out, and just like that, you know, he would have been a late first round, early second round pick. Um, and so you can find a lot of receivers in a standard league because really all you're looking for is those guys that can put up. 60 to 70 yards a week, yep. get you seven, eight touchdowns a year. And there's a lot of those guys out there. And they're not going to outscore you as badly because they're not getting an additional point per reception. So now we have three running backs. We've got our starting two in both Kenyon Drake and Dalvin Cook. And we've got a flex guy in Jonathan Taylor. At some point, if all three of these guys are healthy and we need help somewhere else, we've got a great trade increase. Uh, but of course, now we're, we're facing that squeeze at wide receiver. Luckily, as we've mentioned a few times, there's a lot of depth here uh, in these middle rounds. So uh, we're now approaching the very beginning of the third round. There's a lot of great receivers here uh, still to come. Allen Robinson is a guy that just went, so I was excited about him potentially in that in that last pick there. Um, give me your thoughts just real quickly here on Allen Robinson, Chris, as the resident Bears fan. He was fantastic last year, and that was despite just terrible, awful oh, quarterback. God. Yeah, there's been kind of a weird – I don't know if it's an injury or what it is, It's or if it's like a veteran thing. The Bears have been very tight-lipped on Allen Robinson, who has just kind of, you know, he's been out there jogging around a little bit, but not really partaking. Uh, and, you know, the media keep asking him if, you know, hey, coach, is, is Allen okay? He's always fine. He's fine. So it seems like it's a little of a veteran thing, but uh, that is, is mildly concerning. My issue is... Who's going to play quarterback? I don't think Matt Nagy's up to the task. I think Mitch Trubisky is one of the three worst draft picks in NFL history, given the fact the Bears traded 10 million picks for him. Um, I don't think he has it. Uh, I don't think Nagy can run an offense around him. I think they're going to play quarterback carousel. I think Allen Robinson is going to be frustrated, and I would have loved to have him on on my team. You know, when we come back here with the 29th pick, but. At that, where we were, like, I, I could not talk myself into him. Not not when your quarterbacks are Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky and you're playing in Chicago um, when you will probably lose two games just to god-awful weather. Um, tough tough to do, uh, especially especially when you're a hometown guy. Like, I want to cheer for those guys, but I've just I've been burned by, by taking Bears too many times. Uh, the Bears guys who will be successful for you are the guys who you draft really late or don't draft at all. Uh, who end up becoming stars like Tariq Cohen, uh, not last year, but two years <laughs> ago when Tariq Cohen was like, yeah, PPR God. Um, that's the, that's, that's the investment you want to make in the bears. Another just generic piece of advice when drafting in fantasy football leagues, know your league. It seems very simple. This is, I would imagine a Chicago based league. Is it fair yep. to assume Chris, there's a lot of bears fans in this league. Use that to your advantage. A lot of guys are going to prioritize or even reach for Chicago Bears. They may avoid taking Vikings, Packers, just based on biases as a fan. Uh, you need to obviously make sure you're aware of all the settings. We know, obviously, this is a standard draft. We gotta, you got to know there's three starting wide receivers. you got to know there's a flex. If there wasn't a flex, we may have not wanted to take Jonathan Taylor there. So you got to know everything, the ins and outs of your league before you get into the draft. Uh, the time to be looking for those things is definitely not while you're on the clock. So that's just a generic piece of advice there. We're very quickly here approaching our third round pick. would be our, our fourth overall player. We have the 29th 
overall pick. There's still some very nice receivers here. There's actually a couple of good running backs as well, at least highly ranked in both Melvin Gordon and Todd Gurley. Neither one I'm very high on. If I had to pick one, I'd take Melvin over Todd Gurley. I just, I just can't get behind someone uh, that a team, the Rams, cut you for $10 million in dead money. It's, it just blows my mind. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, but in terms of receivers, Adam Thielen's still there. That's the last guy of that, of that tier that we talked about that's still there. Uh, Terry McLaurin's a guy that a lot of people in the industry are very, very high in, a second-year player out of Ohio State. DJ Chark is a guy I like a lot. Third-year guy out of LSU in Jacksonville. That's a team. Uh, hey, speaking of uh, how you should feel bad about that 2017 draft, who else feels bad about that? That same <laughs> draft is the Jacksonville Jaguars, who took now busted running back Leonard Fournette oh, over man. both those same quarterbacks. And the reason why they did that is because they wanted to see what they had with Blake Bortles. So uh, you can oh. hear your head on that, Chris. You didn't, oh. you didn't have the worst draft. At least, at least your player's still on the roster. And I do think that we're going to see Mitch Trubisky. Uh, Matt Nagy mentioned that he's not going to uh, make a, a name a starter for week one, which is just ridiculous. But that's neither here nor there. I do think it's easier to start with Trubisky and then pivot to Foles than it is the other way around. This, this regime, Ryan Pace, somehow executive of the year two years ago, um, they want to see one last time what they have with Mitch Trubisky. Um, you know, if you remember two years ago, he was he was a pretty good quarterback. Not great, but he had some nice moments. He had those two games where he threw for 11 touchdowns or whatever it was. Very mobile. Last good, year he came uh, out, and it was just yeah. trash. He was a good good fantasy quarterback that year. Very uh, good fantasy quarterback that year. And that's that's one of the things that drives me crazy. Like, what are you protecting Mitch Pedrisky for? Like, let the guy run. I don't care if he gets his bell rung. All right, well, we're on the clock here. This is the 29th pick, the third round. Again, to recap, we have two starting running backs and Kenny Drake, Dalvin Cook. We got our collection, Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a no-brainer here, Chris. Adam Thielen is the receiver I'm going to suggest. There's a couple other receivers I like here, but Adam Thielen just is a tier above all of those guys. Awesome consideration would be taking a tight end like Mark Andrews. I do like prioritizing tight ends. I do think, given where the tier breaks down here, we take Adam Thielen. Yeah, I agree with you. And Thielen's a guy I've had on a team in some way, shape, or form three straight years and uh, rarely has let me down. Uh, I have fond memories of him. So I'm on board. Thielen is ours. And some people would say, right. oh, you got, now you got a Viking wide receiver? Like, you got to cheer for that in your division? I could care less. You know, the Bears can Honestly, care. Honestly, I think given where we got him, which is, you know, essentially the 41st overall pick, we got him at 29, but 12 keepers. Um, I don't think he's there in a non-NFC North league. And so we just talked about that. Know your league. And we took advantage of that. I think we got a steal at Adam Thielen. I mean, this is a guy that's battled some injuries, but uh, he's a guy that's been very good for a very long time. This is an offense that threw the ball a lot last year. Uh, I do think it's going to throw the ball a bit more this year. My one concern, and we didn't talk about when we were on the clock, is now we have two of our four players are Minnesota Vikings. That's a lot of shifts to put into a one of offense. I don't, like, I don't love doing that. However, you got to take a value-based approach in how you draft, and uh, that is a consideration as you get further along, especially if it's an offense that you don't want too uh, much equity in. Uh, however, I do think it was the right pick overall. I, I do think we're going to get one of those other receivers that we discussed coming up here in 12 picks. Yeah, and you know, two guys is okay, right? Three, you start to get a little, you probably start to get a little worried, and it's just, it's the right place to take them. And frankly, I, I don't know how you feel about this, but I love having my guys stacked their bye weeks. Like if I could just have my whole team gone in one week, I would do it and just take that L and have everybody back. I hate when every other week you got two guys out. So right now we're looking great in that regard when everybody's got a yeah, seven week and eight bye. Be a bloody one. You know, that's yep. an interesting one. Um, and especially if it's an early buy, I think that's fine. The problem is at some point you're going to have to cut a player that you don't want to, or you're going to have to start a player 
um, you know, you're going to have to keep someone with a buy in your starting lineup. And that's and that's a problem either way. I don't like punting weeks. I don't like punting points. Sometimes a lot of these tiebreakers come down to points scored. And so that's my only thing about, you know, having three or four in one week, I think is right. If you, I want to give myself a chance to win during that week. And sometimes it happens where you, you just make a couple of nice plug and plays and you get some, you know, maybe Kenyon Drake has a really easy week seven opponent and, and we can get a lot out of him when we need him most. Um, but I don't want to just completely punt away week, but I don't mind having a couple of all at this time. Like you said, that, that obviously uh, can be strategic. It's worth uh, noting that right, this is a pretty, pretty deep benched league. I don't know what is kind of standard, right. but I think we've got helps. seven bench spots. Now, real quickly here, Chris, I want to talk about this with you. Before we get there, we have a guy in Dalvin Cook who, number one, is injury prone. He's missed, I think, uh, 16 or 18 games over the course of his first couple of seasons in the NFL. Not only is he injury prone, but we're talking about someone that I don't think he's going to hold out. I don't think he's going to not play. But Adam Schefter did tweet a couple of weeks ago that if there wasn't a new contract in place by week one, he wouldn't want Dalvin Cook on his team, insinuating that there could be some sort of issue with Dalvin Cook and the team. I do think the Vikings may just be comfortable not giving Dalvin Cook a contract, riding this out and dealing with the next season, or maybe even moving on from Dalvin Cook. Um, so as a Dalvin Cook owner here, and especially with a keeper, a lot invested in him, does that make you want to prioritize his backup, his handcuff, Alex Madison? He looked very good last year. Rookie running back at a Boise State didn't really quite get his chance to shine because by the time uh, Dalvin Cook was injured late in last season, he also was injured. And Mike Boone, uh, for a lot of people out there, started on championship rosters, including myself. He completely busted. But uh, is that someone you want to prioritize in terms of getting, especially in this year with COVID, do you want to prioritize getting the handcuffed in Alex Madison? Well, I think you asked, asked the right question. I do that in the cases that I think that the guy can step in. Is it more the system, right, than it is the player? Do I think Delvin Cook's really good? Yeah, I think he's a talented guy. Uh, he's as good as a wide receiver. Pass catcher is, is probably any wide receiver and can – can run the ball uh, between the tackles and can bounce it outside too. If you feel like the handcuff can adequately fill in, if he's going to be 80% or 90% of what that guy is, then yeah, I think you could probably spend a dream. But if it's just taking a handcuff because he's the handcuff, um, I think you've got to ask yourself those questions. Is it the player? Is it the system? Um, in the case of the Vikings, he's probably 85% of what Delvin Cook will be, I think. Um, so that's he was definitely, that's high yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think he can be, and I, you know, I like Delvin cook, but I think the Vikings have a pretty, I think they got the same coaches, right? They've got the Kirk cousins has been there. What this is his third year now, uh, fourth year with the team. So he's been there. It's going to be the same offense like that gives me the kind of stability that a guy can step in. I think and pray pretty well. Am I going to take him in the next three picks? Probably not. Um, but he is a guy I will probably well, take. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let you take yeah. the next three picks. That would be yeah. like the 11th round, 10th round. Um, so it's interesting this year. Usually I'm a guy who likes taking handcuffs. The reason being is you invested a first-round picks in someone. I wouldn't want to see you lose everything with one injury. If you have a guy like Alex Madison, even if you're only getting 80 85% of what Dalvin Cook was, you have an insurance policy. Yeah. So this year is making me rethink that a little bit. What if there's a COVID outbreak? doesn't matter that you have Dalvin Cook's handcuff because neither one of them are playing that week. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to go too deep on any particular offense this year. That would give us a third Minnesota Viking. And sometimes you want to switch it up. You know, if you if you take Tony Pollard, who's Ezekiel Elliott's handcuff, then you actually have some equity that you can gain in that situation. Zeke goes down, bam, you got to start running back in your team. You didn't even lose anyone. So you don't have the insurance, but you do have the upside yep. that you don't have with someone like Madison because you're only gaining 
value in Madison if you're losing overall value on your team. So that's kind of an interesting debate this year. Uh, but more often than not, this year I'm trying to avoid stacking offenses. I'm trying to prioritize taking other people's handcuffs. It's just an interesting case with Madison because a lot of people like him and a lot of people think that there could be impending trouble with Dalvin Cook's contract situation. Yeah, and it, so, it's, it's tough sometimes to tell what teams are going to plug the guy in and still give him the touches and what teams aren't. Um, you know, you have a deeper knowledge on this than I do, but, you know, as a coach, does the offensive coordinator kind of not give a damn who his guy is? And, All right, so and, we're back in the clock now. This is the 44th overall pick and music to my ears because the guy I wanted most last time is still on the clock right now, and that's Terry McLaurin, second-year receiver at Ohio State. This guy was amazing last year for the Washington football team, uh, if you want to call it that way. It can't get any worse. <laughs> It can't get any worse for Dwayne Haskins. I think it's going to be a team that's going to throw the ball a lot more this year with Ron Rivera coming in there. Um, I do think Dwayne Haskins takes a baby step forward. Terry McLaurin, rock solid pick here at number 44. For the Washington, what are they, the Washington football team? Washington football, football team, club. correct. <laughs> and so Terry McLaurin's a guy in this tier I like a lot because he, he has a lot of upside. He's also got a high floor. He's the number one target. Uh, on his team, this is a team that's going to be down a lot. It's a team I think that's going to improve, as I said, through the air. Tanner McLaurin is the real deal. I took him in my last uh, uh, draft. Actually, I had to trade him to get Jonathan Taylor. So uh, I like this team a lot so far, Chris. So we have two receivers I think we can absolutely rely upon in Thielen and McLaurin. We've got three backs, including one with explosive upside. Uh, we were not able – I was ho- kind of hoping that maybe a guy like Zach Hurts was going to fall to us there. He did not. But if you look at the other players in this area – that we drafted Terry McLaurin over, it was a huge tier break for me. Leonard Fournette's there. Keenan Allen's there. Kareem Hunt, who I do like, but he's definitely an RB, RB3 or 4. Uh, you got a bunch of quarterbacks here. you got a bunch of tight ends here. You've got uh, a guy like Devontae Parker, a guy like Michael Gallup. Those are guys that are I like in this tier for receivers, but Terry McLaurin far and away uh, is over him. Um, and just looking at the other receivers, people took over uh, my guy Terry McLaurin. I mean, I like Robert Woods a lot. I just don't see the upside there. Uh, I like Chark a lot, but the floor is not quite there. DK Metcalf again. Who's going to be? You know, how many times? How many pass attempts are the Seahawks going to have? Is Terry McLaurin or excuse me, uh, Tyler Lockett going to get in the way? Hollywood Brown is explosive upside. He would have been a great wide receiver too for us. But Terry McLaurin is a nice marriage of both high floor but also a high ceiling. So I think we got a steal there with him in the fifth round. And he's got a week eight bye. I'm so excited about everybody <laughs> being week seven and eight. Yeah, wow. This is the Kobe, John Elway buy team, apparently. <laughs> so now we can go in a number of different directions here. There's no tight ends in this tier that I love. Um, so we can either take our, our third and final starting wide receiver. Uh, there's going to be a quarterback run at some point. I think we just keep stacking best player available here. Uh, guys that I'm going to be targeting are Michael Gallup, who I think is going to potentially have a high ceiling this year. Tyler Boyd is the opposite way, but he's got a very high floor. A guy like Will Fuller, if he can stay healthy, could be the number one. For the Houston Texans. So we got a number of different directions we can go here, receiver. Uh, and again, I just want to pivot back to our third round pick where we took Jonathan Taylor. We were considering a number of receivers, very talented players. Um, but just look how it's turned out for us so far. We, we got our guy in Adam Thielen. We got our guy in Terry McLaurin. We're going to get someone else here that's a stud. Uh, and it gives us real versatility later in the draft. I think that was absolutely the right call. Yeah, it's, it's worked out nicely, and it's just what we said, you know, uh, 15 minutes ago. It's all those guys were the same to us, right? And, and it's worked out right. This league, definitely a league that prioritizes their tight ends. My brother specifically will not go past the second round without he has to have the first or second best tight end. It doesn't matter what. Um, but things, I think things are looking good, and I think we've taken advantage of uh, people not wanting a Minnesota Viking and not actually knowing who Taylor McLaurin is. 
Now, look, another guy that I'm going to prioritize here, if we don't go receiver, uh, is rookie J.K. Dobbins, rookie running back out of Ohio State. He went to the Baltimore Ravens. He's got immense upside. Not everyone expects him to take over that role immediately. They still have Mark Ingram there. And, of course, Lamar Jackson runs the ball a lot in Baltimore as well. However, this is one of the probably three best rushing offenses in the NFL. It was the best last year. Um, J.K. Dobbins, even if he doesn't overtake Mark Ingram, is going to have uh, a role there. He could be a flex-worthy guy. But if he does take over that role, and there's been just glowing reports out of Ravens camp, uh, this is a guy that could is in the kind of the same elk as a Jonathan Taylor, a guy I think could absolutely be a first or a second round pick next year uh, if you know if everything kind of clicks for him. Um, so we're facing a difficult choice here. There's some good receivers still, uh, but there's also a guy like J.K. Dobbins, and, and this is where you have to know your league. In in most sharp leagues, J.K. Dobbins would be gone right now or gone very very soon. However, Chris knows the guy than anyone else. I'll ask you, Chris. We're we're on deck now. Do you think if we take a Tyler Boyd? Uh, T.Y. Hilton, anyone like that. Do you think J.K. Dobbins, a, a high upside rookie, will be on the board for us at our next pick? I think he will be. Uh, I think he's exactly right. Uh, Cam Akers is the guy that all the puff pieces are getting right about. Uh, you have to, I think, get into that second tier of news reporting to get in on Dobbins. Um, this is a pretty competitive league, but it's mostly because guys tend to just go down the sheet and they don't reach, right? So there's not a ton of mistakes made, but there's also not a ton of super savvy drafting. So I would roll the dice and think that Dobbins sticks around. Okay, so if Dobbins sticks around here, and this is pick 53, uh, we're up next in how many picks can you see? Can you scroll down there and see what our next pick is after 53? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 picks. Wow, so a lot. So I would assume that Dobbins is not going to be there. So the choice comes down to Tyler Boyd, who I love a lot this year. I think it's kind of the last of all these receivers. Uh, or a guy like J.K. Dobbins. Tyler Boyd would be in our starting lineup, of course, as a wide receiver. Three J.K. Dobbins uh, would not. So this is the rare occurrence here, Chris, where I'm going to hand over the reins to you. Do you want to take a guy that goes into our starting lineup and, and try to risk getting J.K. Dobbins? Or do you want to secure a guy that uh, has a tremendous upside like J.K. Dobbins? Uh, I think I'm going to go with uh, with Dobbins here, just because I am not as high on Boyd, even though I think like him and Hilton um, are, are solid. And for third wide receivers, I'm feeling pretty good about it. But um, don't okay. want. To, I think it's I think it's worth the upside to do it. Fair enough. Now, if this was something where maybe we we're up in six to eight picks, I think it's absolutely worth rolling the dice there, Tyler Boyd. Um, was good last year with dreadful quarterback play. Now you're getting Joe Burrow there. The reports out of Bengals camp have been he is the true, real deal. Uh, and he's definitely a guy that I, I've been targeting in drafts. But J.K. Dobbins is a guy that I don't like leaving drafts without. And guess what? We're not leaving without him. And, and another week eight buys. So everyone on our team so far is either week seven or week eight. You know, there's still was, a lot of receivers out there, too. Yeah, that was the secret reason, because Boyd had a week nine bye, and uh, Dobbins did not. So uh, I didn't say it Surprised me with that. You know, you, you kind of justify that, hey, we're going to roll the dice here. We're going to take a receiver. But there was a string of receivers that got taken before us, guys like Will Fuller that we suggested, guys like Cortland Sutton, uh, Michael Gallup. Uh, those are all guys that we were considering. They're all gone. Um, Tyler Boyd is was probably the right pick in terms of our roster construction, but Again, you're drafting for upside after the first couple of rounds. A guy like J.K. Dobbins has upside. A guy like Tyler Boyd does not. And just like that, Chris, we have two running backs I feel great about starting, Dalvin Cook and Kenyon Drake, and two running backs I feel like if at the end of the season are going to be straight stars 
uh, in both rookies, Jonathan Taylor and Jacob Dobbins. We're just hoping really at this point one of those two guys emerges uh, as the guy, which gives us that third running back that we desire. I and now we just like, hope that there's some, there's some value that falls to us this year. Yeah, and I like, I like putting the pressure on the guys drafting behind you because if I'm looking at the other team's rosters and I look at my team – and I'm, you know, one, two, three picks behind us. I'm saying like, oh, those guys already got three running backs. Like I'm, I'm feeling pretty, oh God, they took another running back. Like, like ah, crap, right. like crap. I'm not going to have anybody. Like I'm going to be starting some third stringer. Like, uh, and I think if you can put people on tilt like that a little bit, you're, you're doing yourself a favor. And every time you think you have enough running backs and it's happened to me many times, oh, I've got five great running backs. Like, why do I need another one? Crazy things happen. There are injuries to running backs probably more often than any other position in sports. There are also things that happen like, oh, a quarterback went down. Guess what? The offense that you thought was awesome is no longer awesome. Your running back went from a star to just replaceable guy, you know, just a guy in there. Um, and then, of course, at the end of season, sometimes you're, you're trying to get rookies involved. You're trying to rest guys. So we have a nice blend of, of, of guys that can, you know, are going to break out in the second half of the season, guys I think we're going to be very good in the beginning of the season. You can never have enough running backs. I always tell the story. Two years ago, Chris, where um, you know I had I had three or four guys that finished in the top twelve of the position of running back. I was in the championship roster. We had injuries. Uh, we had all kinds of crazy stuff happen. I started Matt Breida and Gio <laughs> Bernard in a championship game in a standard league. Uh, you know, terrible, terrible options. Week sixteen, you know, I had I had Melvin Gordon and I had all kinds of huge running backs that year, and I ended up having to start two guys off the waiver wire because I just had such a string of injuries. Uh, that occurred. So you just you just can never have enough running backs. That's that's really the number one mantra for me. And and really, I like drafting rookie running backs because they can come in, they can play immediately. I agree. Uh, and I think uh, I think we're looking pretty good, um, just as as the draft has kind of gone on. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna be I think we're gonna be competitive. And I think uh, it's a good thing you were around because uh, I am not able to dedicate as much time as I used to to fantasy football. Yeah, something about being a father takes away time for fantasy football. Hopefully, I will always be this much of an expert at fantasy football, but obviously life gets in the way. Wow, first stunning draft pick of this of this league. Sony Michelle, 5'11 to MQM. He's basically going undrafted right now. That's a that's a that's an interesting pick, to say the least. That's that's someone that hasn't watched football since last season. It, it yeah, seems like. it doesn't every league have the guy who's drafting off of the sheet from two years ago or three years ago? Like somebody's, uh, somebody's looking for Tiki Barber right now. Like where's Tiki Barber? Um, that is, it's, that uh, is stunning. Wow. That's stunning. Yeah. I love, I love the guy who, uh, who this is definitely an advantage we have, right? Is most of these guys are married with kids. And while I'm also married with a kid, um, they've been married with kids longer and I think have, have been out of it, have been out of it longer than I have. And then yeah. having you in is basically like having, having a ringer. <laughs> All right. So we are six picks away from our sixth round pick, really our seventh overall pick with the keeper. And there's some receivers here. I'd feel just fine about. So I think we're going to be just fine there. Uh, you got a guy like Jarvis Landry. He's been a wide receiver too every year of his career. Uh, you got a guy like Deontay Johnson, uh, he was a rookie last year out of Toledo with Pittsburgh. He had a great rookie season. Reports have been, you know, he's injured right now, but reports have been that he's got a good rapport uh, with Big Ben, who looks good. Marvin Jones is perennially a guy that's underrated that could, we can easily plug in as our wide receiver three. Um, so I feel I feel very good with where we're at. Yeah, I think you're seeing people reach on running backs that aren't really of quality. Um, they're just taking the guy. Oh, does this guy start? Okay, I'm taking him. Now, 
I like to go for upside in these middle rounds. I also like to avoid off-injured guys or that, that vaunted injury bump. When someone's injured around this time of year, they tend to fall a couple rounds, and there's sometimes perceived very good value in those players. The guy that I'm talking about right now is A.J. Green. He's a guy that if he's healthy, uh, you know, this is a guy the last time we saw him in 2017 was an absolute star, a surefire wide receiver one. I don't know if he's ever to be that again. However, he's the same exact age as Julio Jones. It's not like he's over the hill. That's a guy that won the first round of this draft. So a guy like Adrian Green versus a guy like Jarvis Landry is a difficult choice here. It just depends. We have to look at a number of factors. Obviously, with our two first receivers, um, I feel good about them enough, but you do need a reliable third starter. It looks like Landry just went, so we won't have that choice. But we are going to have a choice of an A.J. Green, it uh, looks like, versus a Marvin Jones. So what are your thoughts on that? I think I would go Marvin Jones. Uh, I also kind of am big on Deontay Johnson. I just Doesn't it seem like every year Roethlisberger makes a star out of a wide receiver? Um, the, the Steelers, more than any other organization I've ever seen, has a key eye for drafting and developing wide receiver talent. So, oh. yeah, our choice here, we're on the clock now. We have a couple of tight ends. We're obviously not going to do a bunch of quarterbacks we're not going to take. The choice really comes down to our, our third and final wide receiver in the starting lineup, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Jones, and yeah, uh, looks like Adrian Green. Did he go? Landry no, I... went. Edelman went. So it either comes down to Green, Deontay Johnson, or Marvin Jones. The Lions' offense is an offense I'm very high in as well. If you want to go Marvin Jones there, I think it's a great pick. Yeah, let's do Marvin. He's a guy that I uh, potentially never own, and then I'm watching him Thanksgiving score uh, two touchdowns. I'm like Marvin Jones. <laughs> like, come on. He's a very undervalued wide receiver because perennially this is an offense that throws the ball downfield a lot. In recent years, they've started to run the ball more. I do think, you know, if you prorate Matt Stafford's stats from last year, he played eight games, so it makes the math very easy. And, and where we're at in the draft right now, our brains are a little bit mushy. So we like easy math. He was on pace for about 4,800 yards last year, Chris, and 36 touchdowns. No one's talking about that, but Matt Stafford was having a career year before he was injured. John, of course, is a big part of why. Uh, and speaking of the Bears' bias, Anthony Miller, guy I really like a lot this year, he just went one pick after Marvin Jones before AJ Green. That is that is stunning. There's the, there's the Bears' there's the bias, bias for sure. right there. Yeah, get it, and yeah, get out of here with that. And I want everybody to know how hard it was for me not to take Deontay Johnson with his Week Eight buy. I, I really, really wanted to. Yeah, he broke the seal there. Marvin <laughs> Jones Week Five buy. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, definitely some overrating there on uh, an Anthony Miller who is, uh, you know. I think he's a great player. I think he could absolutely be a star, uh, not a star, but he could be a very startable player in fantasy football this year. I'm starting him in my in my other my my bigger money team, uh, but this is this is too early for him. Yeah, yeah, way too early. But uh, yeah, we're looking pretty good. We got uh got our bases covered, and now we can uh, I think stack on uh, on some depth if we want to because we're going to have uh, a totally serviceable quarterback and then we're going to have a lot of depth yep. at, at key positions yep so it's a recap for everyone we have our starting wide receivers and running backs covered at running back we've got dalvin cook Kenyon drake and two rookies and jonathan taylor and jk dobbins at receiver we go adam thielen terry mclaurin and marvin jones jr so now we can either build depth or of course we still have two more starting positions that we need to fill uh in quarterback and tight end of course the defense as well at some point. One thing I love that you guys do here, which I do in my main links, which I suggest everyone does, is just get rid of kickers. It's too random. We put way too much time and money into this to have it be spoiled by Kaimi Farabur getting 16 points on a bunch of ridiculous field goals. So 
just take out a kicker, add a flex. It's going to add way more skill to your league. It's going to be a lot more fun, uh, and everyone loves it once they do it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, dating myself, this was in college, and I wasn't involved in this game, but I had a buddy who was up like uh, 30 points going into a Monday night football game, and I think Neil Rackers kicked six field goals and like four extra points <laughs> and ended up beating this poor dude. And like, if that isn't the stupidest thing in the world, uh, I don't know what is. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, all right. Four picks away now. We're seeing a little bit of a tight end run go off. Marlon Mack was taken, so we don't even have to face the difficult decision of whether or not we want to uh, get Jonathan Taylor's handcuff, but a lot of people would say the, the starter right now for the Lions. AJ Green, still there. Deontay Johnson, still there. So yeah, right? We are, Crazy. We're going to get some nice value. Uh, and then it becomes high upside handcuff time. Guys like Tony Pollard, who I really like. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Tevin Coleman, uh, Latavius Murray. These are all guys. Zach Moss, even. Um, these are all guys I think are, are, are guys you need to target in your fantasy league. Zach Moss is really... Um, He's a guy that I can consider taking here. He's a guy who's risen up the, the, the expert leagues a lot or expert rankings a lot. Um, great. You know, a lot of people liked him coming out of Utah. He just had a lot of injuries. He has a neck injury right now, apparently, but is a guy that a lot of people expect to be the starting running back for the Buffalo Bills. Devin Singletary went way, way earlier in this draft because a lot of people haven't caught up to that news yet. But Zach Moss is who would give us our third rookie running back. But um, he's <laughs> a guy that a, a lot of people think don't have to quite the upside as Dobbins or Taylor, but, you know, he's going to basically be playing from day one. Yeah, and that's a position that it's fine to be a rookie, right? Like rookie running backs are fine, rookie exactly. rookie wide receivers not quite as fine, but still pretty fine, right? Like quarterbacks are what you have to worry about. Uh, super intellectual positions. You got a guy who's just an athlete and who can tight play. Ends, absolutely. And tight ends. Uh, yeah. So we're on the clock now. AJ Green is still there, so if we, you know he would be our fourth receiver. We don't even need to rely upon him, and he's got obviously crazy upside. So we can go there, uh, or we can go with a guy like Zach Moss, who is someone that I can think from day one could be. Um, you know, a very startable RB2. So it's really just a matter of how we want to build the rest of our team. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, I think the safe thing is probably to take AJ Green. Um, and it wouldn't surprise, I mean, we do have, this is another, we got to wait 13 14, spots before 14 we more pick. picks after this yeah. point. Zach Moss could very well be there if no one's paying attention. Yeah, which is possible. So I think we, I think we play it, we play it up a little safe here and uh, we grab Green because this is, this is great value at this point. Well, I've never heard someone put safe and AJ Green in the same, yeah, in the same sentence this year, but you know, for the purposes of our team, uh, I think you're absolutely right. Um, so we're now what eight eight picks in here, and um, we're going to resume in a second. But first, just want to talk about our sponsor, uh, Bet Online AJ. We're talking now. The NFL coming, college football's coming, but we got NBA playoffs, we got hockey playoffs, we got Major League Baseball. They're in full swing, and our partners over. At Bet Online, have you covered? You know, it's funny, Chris. Uh, you talking about the the edge finder for for Stack Capital and all kinds of fun player props and stuff. Uh, that's almost like in game fantasy. I've been enjoying just betting on those things. It gives you something to root for outside of the game, outside of the total. Those player props are a blast, and Bet Online has more out there and better lines than anyone else. So take full advantage of sports being back. Hopefully, to stay forever. Get in touch with the action. Hundreds of odds, features, player props, everything that you'd like to bet on, they have it. And of course, Chris, when it's 10 o'clock, you're disappointed that you lost money on a, on a game, or you're <laughs> on a high, hopefully, from winning big money on a game. There's always the online casino as well. It never closes. 
So go to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus in your first deposit. It's a no-brainer. Go to betonline.ag and sign up today for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And really, it comes down to, and it's something I'd like to talk to you and Stack Capital about, Chris, is using player prop lines in fantasy. You know, right now, we'd have a decision in week one between Marvin Jones and A.J. Green. We'd have a decision in week one between J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor at Flex. You could use those player prop odds to give you an advantage. If, for example, Jonathan Taylor's over-under for rushing yards is 84.5, and J.K. Dobbins is way down at 33.5, guess which guy, the experts, think we should start. It's as simple as that. Go to BetOnline.ag and check that out. That's something you can use a lot to your advantage in fantasy football. Yeah, I agree 100%. And just ask yourself the question, you know, are you you have a lot of guys on by? Do you need a home run? Well, then take the guy that has, you know, crazy upside. If it's kind of a regular week and you're asking yourself, absolutely, um, play that play that standard value because, uh, well, it's not quite as efficient as we would like. The betting market is still pretty efficient, and it's going to tell you uh, where people are legitimately putting their money on. So if you want to follow the money, that's not a bad way at all to do it. Well, there you go. Zach Moss was taken. MQM, the guy, our punching bag, uh, made a nice pick there at 7-11. So, bad pick with Anthony Miller at 6-11. You know, made up for that, I think, and more by taking Zach Moss at 7-11. Great pick by him. Uh, save us a bit from ourselves. But now we can target other high upside running backs. I mean, look, a guy like Tevin Coleman still there. <laughs> He's a guy that's fallen down in my rankings a lot in, in recent weeks, but still a guy that could have a role for that San Francisco 49ers offense. And then you got uh, guys like Latavius Murray. Tony Pollard. These are guys I don't like leaving drafts without, especially Tony Pollard. That's the guy I'm going to uh, bang my chest for in a couple rounds. So I got to ask, do you make your own sheet with your own rankings, or do you just write down like 20 guys that you're trying to target? Or do you pull <clears> off you pull off one of the mainstream ones? That's a great question. And, Go down you know, the list and there, no one else. There, you're just there are definitely years in which I make my own rankings, but it's going to change obviously per draft, per you know scoring settings. So uh, I will usually start with the cheat sheet, um, but but you know you got to have tiers in your mind. You know, like when we made the decision between the Odell's, the Allen Robinsons of the world, and Jonathan Taylor, what made the most sense for our roster? It, it wasn't taking Jonathan Taylor. However, considering the upside and considering the affinity I have for a guy like Jonathan Taylor, and I do think. He is a huge tier break. Uh, that's what I try to use as, as more of a tiebreaker is, is using those tiers, especially uh, in the early draft approach. Um, and you got to know, okay, if, if things go this way, if we take three straight running backs, which receivers do we like in those middle rounds? And I was comfortable enough with those receivers, and it worked out very well for us that I was comfortable taking those running backs early on. And so it, it changes from year to year. Um, you know, I like to start with you have to have one cheat sheet because sometimes, you know, even the best players will, will miss guys, you know, have a couple of dull beverages in there. Maybe <laughs> maybe you're using Yahoo's rankings and there's a guy that they severely undervalue and you miss him and then he gets drafted, you know, like is that like a Zach Moss. A lot, I'm sure a lot of people right now are like, dang, I didn't think he was going to take him this early, given that his, you know, his his uh, his rankings here in Yahoo were so far down. But uh, you really have to take every draft with a little bit of a different approach. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good advice. Do your own homework is really what it comes down to because uh, like Yahoo here had Leonard Fournette as like the 12th running back or something absolutely insane. Right. Um, so Was you got to you got to be yeah you got to be careful uh, trusting trusting any of these mainstream guys uh, right. on what they've got. Ooh, All right, Tom so. Brady. Tom Brady off the board a little early, I think. Wow. 
I mean, I know he's going to throw it, right? They didn't pay him uh, all that money and have like a two-year run to not hawk the ball a little bit, but um, I don't know. All right, so we are in the late eighth round. Your brother, Craig's new haircut, certainly taking his sweet time in this pick. <laughs> yeah, now is the point in the draft where he doesn't recognize anybody anymore and is uh, <laughs> frantically, frantically Googling names. <laughs> This is where it helps to be prepared. Yeah, because he took the very top-rated player in Yahoo's expert rankings, which was Matt Ryan. Not a bad pick, but not someone I would pick there. Yeah, he's a he's a little bit of a Matt Ryan lover, too. He seems to own him every other year. Now, I do expect the Falcons to very likely lead the league in pass attempts, which is why I'm very high to a breakout candidate like Calvin Ridley this year or a sleeper tight end like Hayden Hurst this year. So it's not a bad pick there. Here it looks like it's coming uh, the quarterback run, which – Favors us because we're not someone that's going to reach in a quarterback. Um, but, you know, you have a guy like Breeze here available. We have Stafford. We could stack him with Marvin Jones. That would be nice to pick. Carson Wentz is a guy that has some some upside. But there's still a ton of quarterbacks out there I feel very comfortable with. You know, we could take a high upside running back like a Latavius, like a Tevin Coleman, uh, like an Alexander Madison if we desired that right now. Um, and there's still a lot of receivers out there I like as well. You know, Jerry Judy, I don't like taking rookie receivers very much, but uh, he is a guy that – it's very undervalued in these rankings here. So, yeah, I mean, look, it, it really comes down. I think we take quarterback or excuse me, a running back here, uh, which would be our fifth running back. So at this point, we're really just swinging for the fences. Tevin Coleman's not a guy that I think really has that high upside uh, because, you know, the, the 49ers like spreading the ball around. Latavius Murray is the guy that does have that upside. When he was a starter last year for the Saints, it was two games that Alvin Kamara missed. He was an RB1 in both weeks. He was an absolute bell cow. Right now we're looking at Kamara potentially – uh, being traded, although I don't see that. But Latavius, I think, is that that true handcuff in an amazing offense with the Saints. So I'm going to go ahead and suggest we take Latavius Murray, running back for the Saints. And I like Latavius Murray. He's a guy I've, I've owned over the years. And uh, he had a nice little run. God, I don't know who he took over for, but he was on the Raiders and kind of late in the season. Um, you know, had like a, a week five, six, seven, eight run where he was he was getting nice carries and, you know, racking up uh, 75 yards and a touchdown. Yeah, I remember that. That was, that was his breakout season. A lot of people really liked him that year. He didn't really take over till late in that year. And then, of course, he went to the Vikings where he was kind of that 1B running back as well. Uh, and then, of course, he has taken over with the Saints. And look, yes, he is a backup running back. But, you know, if you look at the last 10 years of statistics, who, who scored, which team? as a running back committee, scores the most points. The Saints have been in the top three every single one of those years. This is a team that gets their running backs involved. They've had a tremendous offense. They're in absolute win-now mode with Drew Brees probably entering the final year of his career. They've got a great defense. This is a team I think is going to be milking clocks late in that game. And Look, Alvin Kamara is one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. You see someone that you're going to give 25 carries to. You see someone that you're going to give the ball to try to burn clock in the fourth quarter. Probably not. That's Latavius Murray. And then, of course, obviously, if Kamara goes down, if he gets traded, I don't expect him to do either of those things, though. Then you got a startable running back, Latavius Murray, in a, in a tremendous trade piece for us. So he also just kind of blends in well with our team. A couple of riskier running backs in Jonathan Taylor and, of course, J.K. Dobbins. Latavius has got a very high floor. Um, and if something happens in front of him, he's got a high upside as well. Yeah, I agree. Feeling. Feeling good about it. Oh, Matt Stafford. That makes me sad. I was looking forward to a little Matt Stafford on our team. That would have been nice. I would have definitely considered taking him here. But, look, you still got Breeze there. 
you've got Carson Wentz. That's really the, the end of that tier of quarterbacks before you just kind of wait. And I would suggest taking a guy like Cam Newton. Um, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, the whole Cam Newton thing uh, seems uh, underplayed. He's a he's definitely a late round quarterback. I later on. It just it seems like they traded well, for him to not yeah. to not play him. Like he's gonna he's gonna do some things. I think. Well, they signed him as a free agent, and it was oh, late. Right. And it was late. However, look, Cam Newton when he's healthy is a top five quarterback every single year. He's a guy who's a cheat code on the ground. There's no reason that if he's healthy, he won't be that uh, in New England. A lot of people think New England's just going to be terrible and tank this year. Do you really think Bill Belichick's going to tank? No way. This, this man wants to win games. He wants to prove he can win without Tom Brady. I do think that the New England Patriots end up winning that division pretty easily, to be honest. And I do think that Cam Newton's going to be a star of that team. Yeah, he's going to. He's the guy I think that you look back and are like, oh, yeah, I won my fantasy league because Cam Newton had, you know, back to back to back 35, 40 point games. Now, speaking of the Patriots, one of the guys that a lot of people have been targeting late in drafts is Damian Harris. He's uh, gotten sterling reports uh, for training camp. A lot of people think he will have first crack at the starting running back job in New England. Of course, uh, MQM didn't think that, taking Sonny Michelle at 6'11", <laughs> but a lot of people do think Damian Harris will take that job. So we've got him. We've got Tony Pollard, who's my favorite. We've got Alexander Madison there. Those are all running backs available to us at tight end. You could take a guy like Hayden Hurst, who I think is a, a great uh, breakout potential. You got a lot of tight end sleepers out there as well. So we could take two guys that we like later. Um, ultimately, I'm going to suggest that we take Tony Pollard here. However, if you wanted to take uh, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, or Hayden Hurst, I would not uh, talk you out of it. No, I think Tony Pollard is a good one. Um, I think he becomes a running back one if Zeke goes down. I think uh, Dallas is one of those teams that would have no problem plugging him in and giving him 90% of the touches that that Zeke gets. And this is this is exactly, I think, when you want a guy like Pollard, this is the right time of the draft. Perfect. All right, so we got two of my favorite running back sleepers in Latavius Murray and Tony Pollard. We've got two of my favorite running back breakout players in Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins. And we got two of my favorite of Tier 1 in Kenny and Drake and Dallin Cook. So we got six viable running back options. Maybe at some point we'll take a seventh, but I feel very, very good about where we're at right now. Both Chase Edmonds, Damian Harris, those are the next guys that I would suggest. Um, and obviously Alexander Madison's still there as well, but it's not someone that we need to have. But if it's someone that's there at value, I have no problem taking him and protecting that investment with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, and now, you know, with as much depth as we have, getting that, you know, needing or wanting or having to have that, that handcuff for your RB1 becomes less important because the bench right. is so deep. Correct. At this point... You know, we got the guys that are going to be startable running backs if there is an injury that goes down to Alvin Kamara, to Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, and so maybe it is worth grabbing that insurance in case Dalvin Cook goes down or he ends up holding down. And then, of course, we have that that equity uh, with Alexander Madison. So we're not up for another 14 picks here. I do think that the, the players, the teams that don't have a quarterback starter or don't have a tight end starter are going to prioritize those right now. People, for whatever reason, Chris, feel uneasy this late in the draft having that empty spot in that quarterback or having that empty spot in that tight end. I think that's a fallacy. I think people, uh, you know, look, where you're drafting right now, these are all flyers anyways. A lot of these guys are going to be cut. You can stream the position, uh, at least quarterback, reasonably well. Tight end is going to be a disaster no matter what, unless you get lucky with one of these high upside guys. So don't be afraid to just stack depth on your team and, and, and figure it out as you go. Yeah, I'm taking a look right now, seeing what teams don't have a quarterback. And, yeah, who's being a little slow. Is there only, 
there's one other team that doesn't have a quarterback. Yep. So we're us and BC Supreme are the only teams that don't have quarterbacks. Everybody's got that covered. Now keep in mind in a home league like this, a lot of people will take back at quarterbacks. And really the rule of thumb, and I got this from uh, Jeff Ratcliffe, formerly at Pro Football Focus, now at Fade the Noise. Um, depends how many teams are in there. Usually it's about, you know, obviously there's 12 starters. There's 12 people in this in this league. 12 starters, and about half of that will take back a quarterback. So presume that 18 quarterbacks will be taken. And if you're okay with that 19th quarterback as your guy, then then you can wait, presumably, in the entire draft. And, and then that's probably what we'll end up doing if – if a guy like Cam Newton's available, that's that's someone I, I think is worth prioritizing. I don't see anyone this year that has the kind of explosive upside that Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes presented the last two years. Um, usually there's one of those guys out there. That guy this year is Kyler Murray. And guess what? He's going in the fifth or sixth round. People aren't sleeping on him. Um, but, you know, a guy like Cam Newton is one of those guys I think can kind of break through those tiers. So we'll see if he's available for this next pick or not. How many leagues are you in this year? League last weekend, we're in back-to-back defending champ. This draft with you, I have a draft on Thursday where I'm defending champ. Uh, I'm in a new league. I'm actually doing super flex for the very first time. That's going to be, I think, next week. Uh, and then I know for sure of one more draft. I'm hoping to get into more. And really the reason that I, we're on here together right now and the reason we're doing this live stream podcast is because I, I approached pretty much all of my friends that are inclined to know people Hey, do you know any, do any drafts? This is, this is the place where I think I can gain an advantage. Um, do you have any leads for me? And, and your answer was, yeah, I got one for you. You have to split it with me, but let's do it. <laughs> so that's why we're here. Yeah, it's uh, had you asked me, you know, five, six years ago, I probably would have had like 10 you could join. But it's very funny as, as people get married and have kids, uh, how these things kind of take a back seat for a minute. But I look forward right. to my life returning with a vengeance in like uh, 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Shoot, I just hope we get a full season this year. You know, things are looking pretty good. It's just a matter of can teams, can guys, can especially the young guys stay disciplined for, for the entire season. You know, I think these coaches have done a great job. And they've said, hey, guys, you know, look what happened in baseball early on. Um, you know, a couple teams, a couple players really, had a couple teams prioritized going out, having fun, getting food over – the greater good of the team and of the season and, you know, jeopardize a lot. Um, and so I think, I think these players know what's on the line here. The NFL has had the luxury of an additional several months to get this thing going. Um, and so far, so good. I think we're going to see some scares. I think we probably will see some, some shuffling around this baseball, uh, which really scares me, you know, because look, we have two Vikings, right? Let's say they're playing the lions that week. Uh, we have a lion. There's an outbreak on the lions. Bam. Just like that. The game's canceled three of our stars are, are down, you know, that's yep. going to happen. Yep. And, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to put the makeup game in week 18 into the stats for week five or whatever it is. So that's why depth is so important this year. You're going to, you're going to need to have those extra guys. You're still going to have injuries. You're still going to have buys, but it's an extra unknown of whether or not teams are going to miss games due to COVID. And it's not just, it's just not just your team, but it's the team you played last week. It's the team that you're playing this week. It's, there's just a ripple effect for everyone uh, that has to sit out. So um, having depth at running back and receiver is just so important this year, more than ever. Yep. Agreed, and that can be a great strategy. Build, you know, don't don't reach for anybody. Play it safe, play up, right? And just trap your depth, spread your, spread your team around, and uh, you could win by attrition. 
All right, finally, it seems like the drafts really slowed down, or maybe just we've slowed down. We've had a, we've had a couple adult beverages, um, <laughs> but it seems like we're, we're we're finally getting to our pick here in the tenth um, at receiver. There's a guy I really like in Curtis Samuel. Seems like we're drafting a lot of Ohio State players. There's a good reason for that. They're very talented. That's a guy I would target uh, certainly. Uh, looking at running back, our guy Alex Madison is still there somehow. Tara Cohen's still there as well. That's a good pick for someone who's going to get him. But we're not looking for. You know, a steady Eddie high floor guy. We're looking for explosive upside. So either Alex Madison or Chase Edmonds. Those are our, both of our handcuffs for our first two picks. Um, either one are great. You know, we have Alex Madison as well. So we could presumably take both those guys or we could take one. Um, you know, we, we have exposure, obviously, with, with both of our starting running backs. And just a matter of which one we like more. Who was the guy? He was on the Patriots. He's now on uh, Cordell Patterson. I wonder what position they have him listed at here. So ESPN, they have him as a receiver. Um, he he will presumably play some running back while David Montgomery's out. I picked him up in my other league, thinking that hey, I could start a guy wide receiver that's going to get you know twenty touches and about twelve to fifteen carries. That would be a cheat code kind of, but um, I'm not sure what position to have him here in Yahoo. They have a wide receiver here, and he will okay. be uh, he'll, he'll be playing running back. So. Um, right. That's not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily reach for him, but that's definitely you know uh, if David Montgomery is indeed hurt or right. gets hurt or doesn't play. I, just, I can promise you that what little running the Bears do do, uh, Cordell Patterson will be involved in it. <laughs> right. So presuming that the Bears don't sign Hunter Fournette, and they are the odds-on favorite um, to sign him, presuming that they don't, um, you could have a cheap wide, starting wide receiver uh, on your hands in your lineup that's actually a running back. So, all right, we're on the clock right. now. There's a bunch of tight ends available. We could take our, our handcuffs. We could also take a guy like Carson Wentz. I think he is kind of that last tier uh, of quarterbacks. It's, you know, Usually I don't prioritize taking quarterbacks. Um, Cam Newton's also still there. So if you want to wait and take Cam Newton instead of Carson Wentz, totally cool with taking either Madison, Curtis Samuel, or Chase Edmonds here. Um, but Carson Wentz is a guy that I do like. We are in the late 10th round here, which is really more like the late 11th round. So it's good value if you want to take a quarterback that's kind of a, a name brand. Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, Cam is going to be there for us with only so one other team needing it. Let's roll the dice then. Now, we've moved on. Are we going to take our, our handcuff in either Madison or Chase Edmonds, or do you want Curtis Samuel as our fifth receiver? Let's do Samuel. Because I think we got good depth. Now, the question is, is will my Yahoo catch up so I can actually get this pick in? <laughs> there it is. Nice. Yeah, our Ayahu. third Buckeye, our second Buckeye receiver. Just load up on if you just load up on Alabama and Ohio State players, and, and you'll just be fine. Let's see. Right now, we got yes, we got three Buckeyes. We've got only one Alabama player. <laughs> only one Badger. We got one Badger, one Bulldog. Uh, I don't know where Latavius Murray went to college. One, one Seminole, University of Central Florida for Latavius. Okay. All right. yep. All right, Madison went very next pick. Actually, went Wentz. Johnny Smith is a tight end I really like. Then it went Wentz. Then it went Madison. So some guys that we actually had a keen eye on. So I think now here, Chris, we don't mess around anymore. We take our guy, Cam. He's a guy I'm not willing to move on without. Um, although I am starting Big Ben in my other league. I think there are definitely guys out there like Joe Burrow or Big Ben that, that you know certainly could be guys that are startable all year. Cam's the last quarterback that I feel like this is your guy. You could start him all 16 games and be okay with it. Yeah, for sure. Especially if he's, <clears throat> he's healed up. You're, he's on 
kind of team you want, right? Like a well-coached one um, that will presumably put him in the best possible position. Uh, you know, he's, he's probably not Tom Brady, or at least Tom Brady was in his heyday, but uh, yeah. I think Belichick has proven over 15 years that he makes everybody look pretty serviceable. Right. Not only was he going to be well-coached, he's going to be put in positions to succeed. Um, you know, obviously we've seen Tom Brady be one of the best, most utilized quarterbacks and QB sneaks around the goal line. I think we'll expect that to continue with Cam Newton. And look, if he is healthy and he's even 75% of what he once was, uh, you know, MVP Cam, then you're going to steal here in the 11th round. And you're going to be a guy that's going to be a top eight quarterback. Um, you know, this is this is why you wait on quarterbacks. There's there's a value to be had there. And when other guys were panicking and taking quarterbacks in the seventh and eighth round, uh, you know, we were getting star running backs like Jackie Dobbins, like Jay Green, swing defense, these back running backs like Latavius Murray and Tony Pollard. And that's exactly why you're waiting on quarterback. Doesn't it seem like, I feel like you've got an automatic three rushing touchdowns with Cam Newton, just based on the Patriots doing that hurry up QB sneak from like the one or two yard line that for some reason, nobody in the NFL can stop. Hurry, 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 just, hurry. Every time. So, uh, so I like we're up next and, this is this is the easiest pick we've had. It's it's Cam Newton. As I say that, this team takes forever. Okay, there we go. Portage Park Pimps took Golden Tate, and here we go. Cam Newton on our team. It's our starting quarterback. We might use the full minute to make the pick because uh, <laughs> make the pick. Come on. Uh, no, my I'm trying to my uh, Yahoo. Uh, my it's Yahoo still, uh, running on a hamster wheel right now. I don't know if you can control it from your end. Oh man, just cannot draft. I've tried that a few times. I did add Cam to the queue. Worst comes to worst. Go on your phone, maybe. You got 35 seconds. There we go. And that's another draft lesson right in there. Things happen. I've had drafts where, you know, my internet crashes. You got you to be ready to roll. You got to have that queue going. And you got to have a backup. You got to have your phone ready to rock. Um, you know, in this draft, we have a 75 second pick countdown. That was enough for obviously Chris to get in there. But if it's only 30 seconds, which a lot of drafts are, we may have missed it. You know, we may have auto-drafted someone we didn't want there, and then we'd be <laughs> devastated. So just, just make sure you're prepared for things like that to happen. Which is a good thing. I will check my phone right now and see if that's doing a little bit better. Or when we were discussing, you know, we're definitely taking Cam here for sure, no matter what, that's when you put him into your queue. What if I told – oh, I guess if you automatically – if you queue him uh, and it runs out, it'll draft the guy for you? Correct. Exactly. If, if you're out – uh, a time it's going to take whoever was in your queue and if you have no one in your queue it's going to take the top rated player um, which, which can be very dangerous because oftentimes it's going to be injured players that people are avoiding for a good reason here's the real question is what the heck is my yahoo password well what was once a very smooth quick efficient draft has that's really stalled and uh, i'm sure a lot of you will notice out there that uh, it's very common for that to happen so uh, this is where players start to really you, – you can tell here just based on who people are taking, how long they're taking. You mentioned with your brother taking Matt Ryan a few rounds ago. Uh, most people don't, don't know who's taking these later rounds, and you can get some good value from that. Yeah, agreed 100%. People are frantically looking at depth charts to try and get – just try and get somebody. So we're seven picks away from our 12th rounder right now, just to give you guys an update on our, our, our lineup. Cam means are starting quarterback and receiver. We've got Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, Marvin Jones, and A.J. Green with Curtis Samuel. Uh, a running back, an embarrassment of Richards, our keeper, Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, two upside rookies, Jonathan Taylor and J.K. Dobbins, and two very high upside backup running backs, Latavius Murray and Tony Pollard. And, of course, uh, we still need a tight end and a defense, but just an amazing bench. I feel, I feel tremendous about our depth on this team. Win it. 
a couple guys plugged in. We're lucky. All right. That's a good mid-draft lesson for all, for all you guys. We, we almost got caught with our pants down. Uh, fortunately, we were able to get in there and get Cam Newton, but uh, you never want to be in that position. Yeah, that's. Uh, I've been lucky that that has not happened to me in the past, but uh, nervous, nervous moments when uh, your computer is uh, is chugging along. So we still obviously need a tight end, we need a defense. Um, a lot of people like taking a backup quarterback. You got to look to to your week one matchup in order to determine that. Let's check out who the Patriots are playing week one, uh, and they're playing the Dolphins. So I felt. Very comfortable <laughs> throwing Cam Newton in there. No need to take it back at quarterback unless it's someone with upside you really like. Um, oh, I was just going to suggest, why don't we take the starting running back of the Jacksonville Jaguars, but BC Supreme uh, beat us there by taking Ryquell Armstead. He's not someone I'd love, but he is a guy that's probably going to start the season as the starter for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We missed out on that. So now we look, we take either, you know, we, we're going for upside here. We could take a guy who's injured in Jalen Rieger. He's a guy a lot of people are taking the seventh, eighth round. He's probably going to miss the first three or four weeks. We don't really need him early on, so we can take a high upside guy like that. We can take a high upside guy like Michael Pippen if we want, uh, who's a, uh, a rookie out of USC. Uh, or we could, of course, take our starting tight end, and I'm probably going to suggest we take two of them given where we are in the draft. There's a lot of guys I like here. There's Blake Jarwin. There's Mike Kosicki. There's Chris Herndon. I like all three of those guys here. Um, if I had to pick, I probably would take Chris Herndon, although he's he got banged up today in practice. But, um, you know, Kasicki broke out last year. I'm happy to take any one of those three guys as our starting tight end. Yeah, I think we'll take uh, Kasicki just because he's doesn't have that cue next to him, but happy to kind of stack that talent now. All right, so now we have our starting lineup there. Mike Kasicki's our fill-in tight end. I think, um, you know, the strategy here for me at least is to take two tight ends. These guys are straight flyers. The likelihood that either one of these guys end up being an every week starter for us is so low that you want to take a second guy. And, you know, week one, if Blake Jarwin goes out there and he's awesome, or if Chris Herndon goes out there and he's awesome, um, great. We can cut Mike Kosicki and move on. Or if Mike Kosicki's awesome, vice versa, we can cut that guy. But I think that's the move this year is to take two high upside tight ends if you don't get one of those top three or four. Yeah, and I'm actually a big believer in, in streaming positions like that. If you don't end up with a with a Kelsey, um, you or Kittle, you just uh, you know plug them in every week. I've I've had a lot of success doing that with defenses and, and tight ends in the past because you'll you'll catch a guy mm -hmm. in a good matchup and you know he'll put up 12 points and that's great. You feel really great about that. Uh, and then again, just like I said for quarterbacks, defenses are the exact same way. Um, you know, sometimes you want you have a defense you really love, the Niners or the Steelers, or the Bears or whomever. Uh, if you don't have one of those guys or you missed out on that tier, look at week one. Week one's the only thing that matters. As you mentioned, Chris, you're probably going to end up streaming this position anyways. So a uh, defense that I've been picking a lot in drafts is the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. They play uh, the Washington football team week one. They have a very easy first three weeks. Um, but all you really care about is week one because you're going to move on potentially and, and, and you know take another defense. So. Uh, that's one I really like here. The Steelers have a great matchup in the Giants, turnover-prone Giants. The Raiders have a good matchup in the Panthers. Um, so you really just got to look at that week one matchup and kind of go from there. Uh, the Bills play the Jets. That, that's a pretty good one as well. Definitely. Um, but, you know, in addition to defense, I'm going to suggest that we, at this point, consider taking a guy like Jalen Rieger, who has immense upside but is banged up right now. Um, or we could take another tight end as well. 
It's probably worth Ooh. getting getting Rieger because I don't think our you know our next depth tight end is going to be the same as the other guy, right? So, you know, Rieger's a, obviously a Rieger's lottery good, Or a different guy I was going to suggest is actually the starting wide receiver for the Oakland Raiders. God, the Oakland Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> Ryan Edwards. They just they just put Tyrell the Gazelle um, Williams on season-ending injured reserve, and I think it was fourth-round rookie Brian Edwards is starting. A lot of people only think about uh, Henry Ruggs III out of Alabama, but you know, Brian Edwards out of South Carolina. This is a guy that probably would have been a much earlier draft pick if he wasn't injured. Um, that's a guy I found deep, deep buried in these rankings. This is why you have to go all the way down to see who who stands out as an outlier. That's a guy that, ca- that catches my eye. Um, I think that's a guy that, that we should take next pick unless we want to take a guy like Chris Herndon as our backup tight end. No, I'm definitely fine with. I always love drafting guys that don't have their picture up yet. <laughs> they got a lot to prove. All right, so we're on the clock here, and you know, we have our choice of of either Chris Herndon or either one of those wide receivers we mentioned, Jalen Rigor or Brian Edwards. And I'm going to suggest we take Brian Edwards. He is ours. Now that's a get- really really nice pick right there because a lot of people probably either hadn't heard of him or. You know, they saw, oh, wow, Tyrell Williams was putting the RR. I wonder who's starting for the Raiders at that X receiver position. Oh, it's a rookie, Brian Edwards. Maybe I'll keep him in mind tonight. The same exact thing happened to me. Actually, won the 16th round of my draft last week. Um, I stupidly thought I was going to be able to get him later, and he actually went in the very last round. I didn't end up taking him. I took a backup tight end instead, which was a miss on my part. And just like that, this is a guy that you can plug into your lineup week one if you desire, or in our particular position, we can wait on him and see if he actually ends up being a startable piece, or we cut him. And that's what you want, Chris, because week one, you know, there's going to be a lot of guys that just put up absolute stinkers, and that's okay. <laughs> you want guys that are going to go out there week one and either be awesome or terrible, you'll know, hey, this guy's not ready yet. You know, Brian Edwards is not going to be a factor this year. That quarterback play is just dreadful. We have a lot of guys in this team that we have to keep. Like, there's no one else in this team I can see us just out- outright cutting. You need guys like Brian Edwards. If he goes out there, catches only two targets, um, you know, out of eight or whatever, and it just looks lousy and gets yelled at by the coaching staff for offensive PI, you cut him. You move on. There's going to be guys after week one that you want to pick up. You don't want a bunch of, of guys that are difficult decisions. Oh, I'd really love to pick up, you know, George Kittle from two years ago, but I, I can't drop this one player. You need guys that you can cut. And so that's what we're looking for with these last few rounds is either either guys that can take over by training camp injuries um, which is why we take backup running backs. You know, Seek goes down just just like that. Tony Pollard is starting running back in the NFL. Um, or you take guys that either pop week one, you'll know their role in the offense, or they won't be good, and you can cut them for the guys that you want to pick up after week one. That time of the draft where you, you know, you don't have to do anything great. Just don't be silly, right? Like, don't do something done. Don't draft two defenses, right? Like, people get lazy. People have a couple drinks, and you can get a guy who ends up being a, a contributor to your team, and you, you know, you win the draft, and the 12th round because you get a guy like Brian Edwards who ends up being a totally serviceable wide receiver three. Right, right, exactly. You don't need defensive depth is what I'm saying. Please don't draft two defenses. Don't draft two defenses, but don't be afraid to have two defenses later in the season when you can play matchups. What I'll often do is pick on one offensive team. Last year for me was the Dolphins. I had the team playing the Dolphins that week. I look who's playing them next week. I pick them up on Sunday morning. Bam, just like that, you get someone for free that you would have would have cost a bunch of money on, on uh, you know, Wednesday morning uh, that, you, you know, you're just kind of getting out in front of it. So you can play the matchups with defenses, but, but wait to do that to later in the season when you already have a defined roster uh, and you know exactly what you need to do. 
in terms of making the playoffs. What's your breakout between like standard just buy-in leagues versus auction leagues? You know, unfortunately, I've never done an auction league before, so I'm not as much of a, a resource as I am for fantasy in general. Uh, I am not a resource for auction. Uh, I'd be I'd be right there with you, naked, doing research, and uh, I, I would love to because you can kind of build your team as you see fit. I would love to do that, um, but unfortunately, I've never been a part of an auction draft. Yeah, I've only I only did one, and it seemed like all oh, you didn't you just didn't pay. You had a budget of a hundred dollars, right? And the way to draft successfully was not pay you know at that time pay like 38 dollars for aaron Rodgers. um you avoid that and then you're you're getting totally you're getting starters because you still have budget left all right things are getting pretty pretty thin here now yeah thin and slow <laughs> It looks like defenses are starting to go off the board here. So I'm going to keep in mind uh, our Eagles pick there. Although at this point, I think you're, you're good to go to take a defense. Uh, Chargers are still there. I think they're, they're going to be – we both agree. I think that they're a very talented defense. They play the Bengals week one, which in the past has been a great – you know, last year certainly was a great, great one you wanted to pick on. But this year, who knows? It is Joe Burrow making his debut, and he'll be on the road. But I'm not totally sure that's one we want to pick on anymore. Not like we used to anyway. So it really just seems like the Eagles are are just like a, a slam dunk pick for that for that week one. I mean, Bills would have been nice, but they're they're long gone, unfortunately. And the Broncos are another defense I think could absolutely break out. Uh, they're playing the Titans week once at home in altitude, so I think that is one that you can you can start. Uh, I don't think it's an amazing matchup. It's a good enough matchup you can feel comfortable. Definitely will be a top twelve defense. And uh, after week three, this Broncos defense gets a nice stretch of easy matchups, and it's a defense. Year or two of Vic Fangio that I think could be very, very good to get Bradley Chubb back. Um, so that's another defense that I've been targeting as well. Yeah, both you and I are pretty high on the, the Bronco this year. We think they're being a little overlooked. So we can feasibly, you know, take either one of those defenses here and, and, and be okay. Our boy Chris Herndon is still there. If we want to take our backup tight end, which we probably will. It looks like we got two more bench spots. So hopefully one of those will be uh, Chris Herndon. And then we could take a guy like Benny Snell, another handcuff. Rejoining everyone here, Chris had some technical difficulties with the computer. Just too much fantasy knowledge just outright crashed your computer. Isn't that right, Chris? Too many tabs. Uh, <laughs> common mistake and uh, had plugged into a charger that yeah. wasn't giving me enough, enough juice. So uh, the whole thing took a big dump. The good news is, <laughs> is our draft did not take a big dump. No, our, our draft ended up extremely well. I think... Uh, we got disconnected somewhere in the 13th round, something like that. So anyways, after we took Mike Kosicki to round out our starting lineup, we took Brian Edwards, starting receiver for the Las Vegas Raiders. I think I said Oakland earlier. Accidentally, I'm sure we'll, we'll both be doing that at some point uh, this year. Uh, and then we rounded it out by taking John Ross, receiver. Just want a little more piece of the Cincinnati offense uh, and the Denver Broncos as our starting defense. So our starting lineup, Chris, <clears throat> a quarterback. We have Cam Newton, a guy I think has a lot of high upside. We're going to learn very early on. Uh, if his foot, if his shoulder are both healthy, and if he is healthy, he's going to be a slam dunk QB one. If he's not healthy, we're playing the streaming game just like the rest of the league that doesn't have the top three elite quarterbacks. Yep. Uh, running back, we are very deep there. We are uh, Dalvin Cook, Kenyon Drake, two rookies, and Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, Tony Pollard, Latavius Murray uh, for upside as our handcuffs, and then our receiver. We go Adam Thielen, Terry McLaurin, 
Marvin Jones Jr. We have A.J. Green. We're going to wait and see with him. And then we rounded it off uh, with Curtis Samuel, John Ross, and Brian Edwards. At tight end, we got Mike Kosicki from Penn State. Chris Herndon, that's a team I think he's going to throw the ball a lot. I think uh, the Jets are going to be a terrible team. My thoughts <laughs> on pick to uh, have the first head coach fired this season, Adam Gase. I think that one's going to be a bet I recommend on a podcast at a later time. And our starting defense is the Denver Broncos. So it's a really balanced team. You know, obviously we're reliant on Cam Newton returning to health, returning to form. Um, and we don't have a lot of tight end either. Two upside guys. Hopefully one of those guys hits. But at both receiver and at running back, we are rich. We have a lot of options for the flex position. This was a great draft. I agree. And I think in a year that could have some uncertainty around positions we are deepest at the most important position and then also fairly deep at the next most important position in my mind a wide receiver we didn't reach or overpay for anybody so we didn't get a top tight end so be it if you didn't get Kelsey if you didn't get Kittle you didn't get a top tight end either you know I I kind of group those guys all together quarterbacks are you know there's a couple studs same thing and if you didn't get them I think we played our cards right we didn't reach for anybody we didn't come late after there'd been a run, you know, no panic and uh, in, an, in an uncertain, I'd said this before we gotten cut off, but I think in what could be an uncertain year, being really deep at wide receiver and running back is going to give us options that other teams might not have. My only regret of this draft was in the third round, we ended up taking uh, Adam Thielen over Mark Andrews. And in looking back in our roster, I may flip that. I may rather have Mark Andrews and give up that that extra receiver in Adam Thielen. That's the only regret I have from this draft because I love our running backs. I love taking Taylor uh, where we took him. Uh, when it came down to Dobbins versus Boyd, I'm really happy that we took Dobbins and how we were able to stack our receivers. <laughs> My only regret, I think, would be potentially swapping Adam Thielen for Mark Andrews. Do you have any regrets from this draft? No, not really. Uh, only that my computer crashed and I uh, was was doing a doing a podcast and not talking junk to the to the guys during the during the draft. But um, this was it was really fun to do. It was uh, it was nice to have you here because it felt like an edge, right? And that's really the name of the game is giving yourself an edge. Um, talk about enough because we talk about betting, but he is uh, just about as good as it gets when it comes to fantasy and. Uh, it that's with betting, right? Like I've gotten to the point where the number one thing that keeps me happy and keeps, cause we talk about like, well, losing feels worse than winning feels good. But the pride and joy I take from it is when I get involved in something, whether it's a March madness bracket or betting day in and day out, or in this case, fantasy, knowing that I legitimately have an edge over the guys I'm playing, that I'm getting my money down. I'm getting it down. Smart. Um, makes me sleep well at night. Totally. Hopefully we can, Get a win in this league, and that was a special live fantasy football draft edition of Believe in Betting LA. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think we have any Los Angeles players on this team, but uh, we talked about that in our, our last episode of the LA football edition where we looked forward that we didn't love anyone on those two particular teams. But uh, it was a fun episode, episode 54, believe it or not. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.